Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Life Carry podcast. This one is episode 127 and it's one that I've planned for at least two years. I am joined by Nick Skilprut. Nick, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, we first discussed doing this, what, two years ago? Um, about that. Ran yeah. into you out on the golf course. You were doing a hole in one. Yeah. Before we start, right, first question. Superintendent. Or head greenkeeper? Superintendent. Superintendent? Yeah. Is that more American than where I'm from? Oh, for sure. Because head greenkeeper is... It could be anything. That, that could be anything from your favorite guy on the golf on, on the crew to me. Before I came up here, I posted on Twitter and I, you know, Reddit, the website Reddit. Yeah. Asking just some questions for you. It's incredible, the, the feedback. Okay. That was one of the first questions. So... You are the superintendent at Half Moon Bay? Correct. Where is Half Moon Bay for the people that don't know? Coastal California, northern side, just 30 minutes, 45 minutes south of San Francisco. So how long have you been here? Um, almost five years. It'll be five years August. And how long have you been a superintendent? Um, this was actually my first technically superintendent job. I was an assistant for almost 15 years before that. Right. So you've been tending the greens for 20 years? Uh, at least a little how, more. Yeah. How'd you get into it? Actually just kind of fell into it. I was climbing the retail ladder as someone right out of high school and going to college for um, business management and things went south where I was working and I went to the local golf course just to get a, as far away from retail as I possibly could, what I thought was going to be just the summer. Interesting. And now, yeah, more than 20 years later, I'm still on a golf course. And you are a golfer, obviously. Yes, I play. What kind of handicap do you have now? I would say I'm in the mid-teens somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, average? Probably better than average, I would say. I, yeah, I, I usually stay under 100. Okay, that's definitely better than average from what, what we see as caddies. Yeah. And how often do you play? Not as often as I'd like, probably. Um, a few times a year. Employee tournament every year. Uh-huh. And then I'll get out a couple times outside of that with buddies, usually. How long you played for? Actually, just started playing when I first started working on a golf course. So you, were, you weren't in, in a golf before? No, I'd actually never set foot on a golf course. So why did you go to the golf course to get a job? Is that that's um, a really strange transition? Well, I, I grew up a farm boy. Right. So eastern Washington on a farm. First thing I learned to drive was a tractor. And right. as, soon, as soon as I was strong enough to push the pedal in, I couldn't even reach it. It's family farm, and we were put to work. And it just seemed like kind of a natural thing i knew how to do it i could operate the equipment and really i liked i liked mowing lawns oh i like being outside obviously yes yes what knowledge do you have to have to become like a, a greenkeeper superintendent i'm going to call it greenkeeping right because you're the superintendent what do you call the rest of the guys then greenskeepers yeah okay greenskeepers yeah so a greenskeeper i think i mean and we've done it Many people, many superintendents have done it. You'll pick someone right off the road. Yeah. Um, what we do is, it's it's not rocket science. It's not brain surgery. It's just some work ethic and some willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, you're, I mean, you're raking bunkers and doing things like that, kind of shit work. Mm-hmm. But if you're willing to do it, then you get the better stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we've got guys here anywhere from two years ago was the first time they set foot on a golf course to 30 plus. Uh-huh. So, how many greenskeepers are up here? We are 23 currently for between both golf courses. So, you, two golf courses and the grounds? Uh the, around the clubhouse. It very minimal work there though. That's that's not many guys for It's really not. It's it's tough. Um when you're talking about and for for myself and my assistant, we're covering a huge piece of property between the two golf courses. Just a lot of land to see. Yeah, do, do you know how many acres it is? We're 200 plus between the two golf courses. That's incredible. How many, how many greenskeepers, if you were in charge, would you have covering a piece of land or two golf courses like that? I mean, ideally, there's a couple different rules of thumb that I've heard. And mm-hmm. you go by, there's one for every hole. I've heard that one. I've heard three for every five acres, mm-hmm. which obviously gets real high real fast. So it, it's... At the end of the day, we're still a business. Yeah. So to put out the product, that dream product, mm-hmm. I'd probably double yeah. what we have now. Yeah. I think what we have is fair for kind of what we're asked to do. 
so you you feel comfortable in what you can achieve yeah i'd love love obviously love to have more guys that's always going to be the case every superintendent will tell you that i did did the job for about six or seven months 20 odd years ago and i always feel as if it's a unthanked task for sure You, you literally you can never do right can you or very very seldom no and and I mean, I would think most superintendents, you're your own worst critic as well. Okay. So it's it's never good enough for you. It's never, it's, you're always trying to be better than you you are yesterday, you are last year, you were five years ago. You're, you always want conditions to be better. Uh-huh. You're, you're never satisfied with them. Tell us about Half Moon Bay, 36 holes, not far from San Francisco, on the coast. When was it built? Old course was built in 1973. Three, okay. Originally, Arnold Palmer was part of the design team there, right? Um, and then the Ocean Course came in in '97, I believe. So the relatively young courses. Yeah. What was here before? Do you know? Farmland, as oh. as with most of Half Moon Bay. Right. It was it was founded by Portuguese. Oh, the Portuguese. Okay. Yeah. Still a big um, Portuguese community out here. Probably because of fishing, maybe. Um. No idea. Not sure. He's shaking his head. I just made that up as well. <laughs> let's That's go with it. Right, let's go with that. <laughs> Who owns Half Moon Bay? Was that, is that somebody once tell me the plumbers owned it? The, it is San Mateo County Plumbers Union. Right. Owns the land, owns the golf courses. Right. Um, does not own the Ritz-Carlton. Okay. That, that is The Ritz is, oddly enough, it's while the golf courses surround it, 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 we are not associated with the Ritz at all. Originally to San Mateo County and the... Um, Santa Clara County plumbers owned it together mm-hmm. and San Mateo County has now purchased it outright from them. And what do they use the money for? Cause I'm guessing it's for profit. Is it pension for the pension? Hence the reason you might only have 23 staff. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now we're in the midst of what we can only call a monsoon. Yes. How has that affected work in the last, what's maybe the last three months, would you would you agree? Yeah, we started this year, this winter started a little earlier than last last winter. Uh-huh. Um, while we have not gotten the rainfall totals we got last year, it's been relentless uh-huh. this year. It's just constant. We haven't had, I don't think since, for sure since Christmas, we haven't had a full week of dry weather where we went seven consecutive days without rain. Yeah, so basically last year there was a higher volume. But this year, it's just been consistent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're lucky to mow any grass outside the greens and just sort of keep keep plugging away at stuff you can do. Yeah. Um, so we, we try to keep all the guys busy. Uh-huh. Um, we don't want to lay anyone off for the winter. Okay. So um, that is a, a real option then, That's if you can't uh, be cutting grass. and A lot of places do it, I think. Does grass grow 12 months a year? Sure. Out here in California, for sure. Yeah. What kind of grass do you have here? Uh, mostly poa. Poa. Yeah. It's coastal California. It's um, it's it's happy. Um, it? uh-huh. Yeah, I mean some ryegrass, some bent grass. Do you know how many types of grass there are? Lots. I mean, depends where you are. Bermuda grass, bent grass, uh-huh. zoysia grass. There's, I mean, all kinds of different ones. Especially these days, science has come real far as far as different grasses go. I r- recently heard about a grass on the east coast. That you can water with salt water? Probably zoysia. Zoysia. Yeah, and that's the big push for it is it's salt tolerance. It holds up. Salts are salts are a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, turf grass doesn't like it usually. Like what is that one of the massive issues you have been next to the coast? Do you get a lot of salt burning the grass or oddly it's it's not what most think. Um the the ocean really doesn't play a huge role unless it's it's actually on a place such as Pebble or on a lot of Monterey Peninsula where the waves are actually coming up, coming up and crashing. Where we are with the huge bluff top, we don't see the ocean water on the golf course. Okay. So it, it's it's more, the ocean plays a role in environmentally more than anything. The grass we just mentioned that you can water with salt water, is that is that something you could actually do here? Um, It would take a huge conversion. And from what I know of zoysia, it doesn't love the cooler climates. So it needs a warm climate. Yeah, I think it likes it better. I, to be honest, haven't really um, dove into that side of the things. It's it's not something I have to worry about right now. So um, until I'm in a position where I would be maintaining zoysia, I honestly don't worry a whole lot about it. Someone actually asked a question about 
even after, say, you're in the game for 20 years, how much time do you dedicate to sort of research into into the job, the different technologies and, and bits and pieces? It varies. It, it'll go in sort of waves. I'll dive into something and, you know, I could spend hours a day diving into that one thing. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, it's it's something will catch my attention via email usually or conversations within the industry with other guys, other superintendents, mm-hmm. salesmen, stuff like that. And then, you know, it'll, it'll like bring up a deeper dive, but from day to day, it's, it's really, you worry about what you have in front of you a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you have a big, big issue in California with regards water? We are fortunate enough to have wells. So we get a, a majority of our water from wells. Some have big issues with that water conservation is a thing um in california in the whole west coast water conservation has become such a big issue on golf courses and in general are those wells on property then no ah so that's why they've got a problem with it yeah we're we're two miles away okay the green fingers what do they want done with that water um they don't want to go on the golf course (laughs) have you ever had people out protesting no, no protesting. So we haven't had that yet. Um, we'll get issues as we're maintaining the wells from time to time. There's people will will question what we're doing because they are offsite. There's nothing else on that piece of on that plot of land besides our wells. Have you ever gotten into it with any any golfers in the golf courses? You know, any confrontations? No confrontations out here on the old course. We're surrounded by we're in, in a gated community. We have lots of neighbors. Uh huh. I mean, it's it's your typical kind of neighbor issues, but we're sort of tr- not necessarily treated as a neighbor. They think they have the upper ground. There's just there's some expectations of, you know, as far as maintenance goes from the golf course that you wouldn't expect from your other neighbor. Uh, so who do they call? Do they call the pro shop or do they call direct here? For now, they're still calling the pro shop. And then the pro shop calls you. Yes. And then you, would that be, tell us some of the examples of what they complain about a lot of times trees um storm damage is a thing you know mother nature and father time are are in charge here it's it's just the way of the world and we don't have any control over mother nature and you know 60 60 plus mile an hour sustained winds nor are we going to be out there trying to pick up a branch when it's blowing like that Uh and raining and you know it's there's an expectation almost as a maintenance team that we're firemen. Uh-huh. It's like, we're, we're just not. Yeah. We, we grow grass. Yeah. Now, tell me, what would be the typical day for you? A decent day, not when it storms and angry neighbors. What, what's the sort of, when do you start? Guys start at 6, mm-hmm. um, 5.30 or 6, depending on time of year. I'm usually here any, any anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes before them. Yeah. Unlocking, making sure... I'm set for the day. Do you have a whiteboard with everyone's job for the day? Yeah, the whiteboard. Here we have work out of two different shops. So um, it's a check-in with the assistant or assistants, the foreman, before we get going. I'm filling out before I go home, even today. I'll have what I think is going to happen tomorrow morning Mm -hmm. ready and planned. Then it's come in and see who's called in sick or not called in sick. You hope for a full crew from day to day so you don't have to make big adjustments. In season, a lot of it becomes is is semi routine. Right now, you're still sort of guessing from day to day how dry you're going to be the next day. Yeah. It's obviously an educated guess, mm-hmm. but you might send something, send a mower out, and ten minutes in, thirty minutes in, it's like, yeah, it's too wet. You come on back, back in. Back in, you go to the shop, and you're going to go do X, Y, or Z now. Do you have a full time mechanic here? Two, two guys. Yeah. How often do the machines break down? Once again, goes in waves. Yeah. Um, there'll be times where we'll have two or three machines down. We have enough equipment. We're fortunate enough to have enough equipment that we can handle one down. Yeah. You know, a greens mower down, there's a backup. T mower down, there's a backup. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, we have eight fairway mowers on property. We generally don't send out more than five. Of the 23 guys that are working here, how many are fully trained green keepers mowing? Majority. I'd say mm-hmm. 75% of them can go out on any piece of equipment we have here. Of, of our 23 guys, those same 75% have all been here probably 10 plus years. Gotcha. Yeah, I was, was going to be a next question. What's the retention? I've been fortunate. Since I've been here for the five years I've been here, I've only, I've only seen three people go. Four people now. 
And two from retirement, one sort of in the forced retirement, his body just kind of gave up on him Mm -hmm. and only one has moved. That's incredible. Yeah. But my experience myself was, was very much like that. These guys were in the job for life. But what I found strange when, when I did it was they would come in every morning and set the schedule as opposed to say, you'd have the same job Monday to Friday. But I think part of the beauty of, of working on a golf course is that you don't do the same thing every day. There is jobs that are harder. There are jobs that are easier. Yeah, I think the beauty of working on a golf course is that you're not doing the same thing day to day. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us, we can't go sit behind a computer and program. We're just not wired for it. Yeah, I can't go rake bunkers every single day. I'll get tired of it. Mm-hmm. So the idea that it's not monotonous, you're not doing the same thing. You're dealing with a growing product. That's the beauty of working on a golf course. What's the job that the boys hate the most? Raking bunkers. Really? Without a doubt. How many bunkers are on the on both courses? Yeah, I couldn't even, couldn't tell you. You can't tell me. No. Hazard a guess. Yeah, I would. I would say between the two golf courses, uh, one hundred fifty would be my guess. Seventy ish per golf course. I should know that. You should. That's, I, yes. I probably should know that, that, that answer. That's for your homework before the next time, Nick. Somebody also asked here, has the push for sustainability in golf course maintenance gone too far or not far enough? And where would you draw the line if it has? I'm going to, I'm going to say that there's, there's some nuance to that question. Mm -hmm. It's there's, there's sides where we could probably go farther. There's sides that we, I mean, what, what is too far when it comes to sustainability and dealing with, you know, green space, if you will. Um, I'll talk more to the, the average person was saying turf grass we'll just call it grass yeah there's pesticides and those sorts of things have come a long long ways um even since i started in the industry they're far safer than they once were they're tested more they're for sure more effective at the, you know now than they ever once were mm-hmm. so when it comes to that and at the end of the day i mean we are a giant green space we provide you know a safe place for a lot of animals a lot of wildlife we're growing trees it's not you know there's not a bunch of buildings mm-hmm. i don't know if there's a good answer to that there's room there's room to go farther in some places and i think we've gone far enough in other places i think if all these green fingered stop oil people types did a bit more research into what's in their food what's sprayed in their food anyone that's got an issue with golf courses should do a little bit more research in my opinion you know i mean it's uh, I, I think yeah i mean Golf courses are for sure as safe as the farmer who's growing your food. I, you know, I, I've been on that end. I grew up, you know, raising, raising fruits and harvesting fruits. And mm-hmm. I know exactly what was going on there. I also wasn't afraid to pick something right off the tree and eat it. That's why you've only got four fingers in each hand, isn't yeah, it? It is. I got, I got 10, 12 toes though. <laughs> you make up for it. What sometimes bothers me is we'll be in the golf course carrying bags, guys are golfing, and two fairways across, there's a guy dressed all in white with goggles on. He looks like he's from Breaking Bad, spraying chemicals. And I'm thinking, something's not right here. Is that something to worry about? No. I mean, okay. it's there's the, the white suit is generally, you can, you know, it's for everyone's safety. There's a certain aspect you can thank the state of California for that sometimes mm-hmm. that they are maybe going farther than they need to. Right. Um, that same guy that's wearing the white suit out in front of everybody, he may have been mixing all those chemicals with no gloves on back at the shop uh-huh. in his regular clothes. But when he goes out, there, there's, and for good reason. There's plenty of rules and standards that we have to live up to when it comes to spraying those things. And every product has your personal protective equipment on it Mm -hmm. that you're required to wear when you go spray that product. I carry for a lot of people who lick the golf ball to clean it. I've also carried for a lot of people who stick the whole ball in their mouth. That's maybe a personal preference in their private life that they maybe, you know, bring to the golf course. I'm not sure. I'm not going to judge. Would you recommend people clean their golf ball that way? It's it's not going to kill you. It's not. No. Okay. I mean, it. I, I will speak only for myself and what we're the the kind of products we're applying out here. Uh-huh. For the most part, you could 
I, I could have a drink of what was in that spray tank and I'm not going to feel great, but I'm not going to die. <laughs> That's, Would not recommend that either. <laughs> Don't recommend it. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's uh, We are from Washington State. I'm sure there's a lot of moonshine up there. So you've probably but, grown a tolerance to that type of thing. Probably moonshine somewhere up there. Now you mentioned about obviously the locals complaining about certain things. Is there any positives about the local community? Like, do they take part in anything to do with the golf course, or is it all? There, there's times where they, um, the homeowners out here, play a huge role in business. They're they're the ones showing up when it's you know not super nice outside, mm-hmm. um, when the golf course isn't necessarily in the best conditions because of Mother Nature. Um, a lot of times, they're the ones that are, that are showing up still. You know, I don't I don't think there's a big public outcry in support of the golf course. But there's certainly, I don't think there's, I've never heard of anyone, even in town, saying that the golf course shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it should be this or should be that. Somewhat defines the town, if you ask me. Yeah, I, w- I, yeah, I wouldn't disagree. There's, between the beaches and the golf course, you know, historic downtown, all those things, those are, those are what's bringing people to the coast. This is, while it's not far away from the bigger peninsula area of what everybody knows of California, of this area of Northern California, it's really not far away. How many big tournaments do you have each year? Now, I'm not talking PGA Tour or LPGA Tour, but higher profile, maybe amateur tournaments, events? Uh, very few out okay. here, yeah. We, we have, it's a lot of corporate stuff. Right. A lot of corporate tournaments. We have in the past, I think it's about 10 years, we've had um, Navy SEAL Foundation out. Yeah. Um, they buy out both golf courses for two days. It's a big, big event. For, for tournaments, is there a, a whole preparation way for, for you to plan to change the course, to how it's set up? Generally, for the tournaments we have, our daily conditions are plenty for them. What comes into play with having like a full course buyout mm-hmm. is adjusting our maintenance schedule. I mean, if they're having a 10 o'clock shotgun on both golf courses, that you just took half a day away from us. Mm-hmm. So on top of that, if we, let's say we were going to verticut and top dress or something like that. So to just explain verticut. Vertical mowing. Vertical mowing. Yeah. So generally you're, you're clipping the top of the, you know, top of the grass blade and vertical mowing will try to try to explain it to the masses here. It, it sort of thins them out. Is it a bit like getting your hair cut with a pair of scissors and then those scissors that look like a comb? Yeah, kind of. You, you turn your fan sideways mm-hmm. um, is the best way to, to put that. You, you thin them out. It's oftentimes, let's say, I'll tell the guys there's a lot of grass on the greens. We need to verticut. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense to them. You turn a waterbed into a firmer surface. When, when you walk on a green and it feels like you're on a waterbed, there, there's some, some maintenance practices that could, be, could add value there. And then you said top dress. Sand. Sand. Huge, huge part of golf course maintenance. Um, and going back to your last question, that's the use of sand, the misconception of, I don't know if it's a misconception. Golfers hate it. It's oftentimes in routine maintenance, it's a day, maybe two days of noticing sand for 12 days of a much better putting surface. How often do you do that a year? We Every two weeks out here. Every two weeks. We're doing a go- one one of the golf courses every week, if if we can. It's a very light top dress and a verticut. How many tons of sand? Oh, a lot. Is yeah. there like a quarry locally that you get that from? or Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. About an hour away? Yeah. Do you know how many trucks? How many trucks come through? Yeah. We'll go through 75. We'll go through 75 tons during airification. Uh-huh. And probably about that in... Routine maintenance. Maybe just explain as well why it's so important. Because a lot of golfers out there, they complain about the greens and they have the holes in them. There's different sizes of holes. Just explain why you have to do that. Airification relieves compaction, allows oxygen into the the root zone, improves drainage. It, it does so many things. It, it is probably the most important thing to a golf course, to a golf course green that you do for an entire year. What would happen if you didn't do it at all, ever? I can tell you from experience out here, <laughs> um, there was, well, and stories I've heard anyways, before I was here, there was a winner that they 
convince maintenance team that we weren't going to air fry that that year. Wow. And greens completely sealed off, and they were holding water all winter. Yeah, and it was later that same year they forced it in. Mm-hmm. They, they were greens were going to die. Well, Nick, we're going to take a wee break now with a message from our podcast sponsor, Big Game Golf. We're going to come back with some fun questions that I got from Twitter and also from Reddit. Four! Every golfing group has the guy who coordinates the weekly game or the buddies trip. If you're that guy, you'll be very familiar with the pain and frustration scheduling, managing and scoring your game. Why not make your life easier by downloading the Big Game Golf app and start saving time and hassle today. Whether you're a caddy wanting to engage more with your golfers, a pro shop wanting to get out of running the weekly game, or you're that guy wanting to streamline the process, Big Game Golf is here to help you. The app has over 30 games, so there is no need to keep playing the same boring games with your mates week in and week out. The app is also fully integrated with the USGA, so every player's handicap will automatically be incorporated, which saves time, and more importantly, sandbagging. Simply choose your game, keep score, and the app will do all the calculations with live scoring, leaderboards, and contest results. Big Game Golf will even text players the final results. So start improving your golf experience today by downloading the app, Big Game Golf. Now comes my favourite part, Nick. Listener questions. Now... There's some Reddit. I've not never spent much time in Reddit. Have you? No, no. You have a life, and you also have a, a full time job. No offense to any listeners out there that actually use Reddit. I'm sure it's very good. I had a number of fantastic replies to questions. I said I'm going to go and interview a head greenkeeper at Half Moon Bay. I said, and that's when someone said, "Call him a superintendent. You'll get a little bit more respect." I appreciate you. Okay. Someone then said, "Is ask him, is the grass really greener on the other side? <laughs> There's no need to reply to that, Nick. That's just nonsense. But I thought it was quite funny. And then my favourite of the non-serious questions was, will you ever be promoted to greenkeeper of Full Moon Bay? That's brilliant, isn't it? They're very good, very like, good. I'm talking. That was about half past six in the morning, and someone's creating that. That's was he still was he still awake or was he just waking up? Is the question? Yeah, he was still. He was either still drunk or started drinking. But some great stuff. Have you ever heard of a thing called the Audubon Society? Yes. Is that something you've ever now? Just so they well, explain what it is. Then it's essentially a wildlife protection. It's a big. Big, big company. And if you, as a golf course, become Audubon certified, it's it's something to be proud of. At the last golf course I was at, we were going through the motions, and I moved on before we actually um, became certified. But, yeah, I've, I've gone through a bulk of the program trying to get it. And this was years in of work trying to get certified by the Audubon Society. So do you take money from them to get to their standard, or do you have to get to their standard and then get money? Well, we don't get money from them, as far as I know. That's it's just it's it's almost an award, if you will, to become Audubon certified. It was the first time I'd ever heard of it, and I thought that's actually not a bad idea. But you know, these kind of conservation groups, organizations, they 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 may actually have funding for golf courses, you know, to help. It's it's certainly possible that they, they, they do a lot of great things with the golf course. Um, we had some bird feeders, bird nesting areas that were protected, and the Audubon Society was p- putting those out okay. on the golf course, and they would check them, and um, it was just a safe place for an endangered bluebird of some sort. I don't even remember what it was, but some, you know, the nesting areas that were protected and helping the wildlife out with that with a on a golf course where they were, the birds were also protected. What's the strangest thing? Or things you've ever seen in the course? From a maintenance standpoint or from a golfer standpoint? No, just watching golfers and what they do or maybe finding a couple in a bunker. Um, or it's it's things things you find in a cup. It's it's not always pleasant. I, I can I can dive in deeper. Yeah, yeah go um, for it, go for if it. If you'd like. Well people will take a shit. Right? Oh. Yeah, oh yeah. In the cup. Yes. On outside of this golf course I've been on one, I think five other golf courses in my career, 
and every one of them I have seen shit in the cup. Um, the, wow. Yeah, a number. I mean, that's shocking. Isn't some it? some some leftover garments, if you will, uh-huh. um, from the night before. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That's absolutely unbelievable. Well, we actually did a thing in Twitter a year ago, and it was the golf course maintenance people. What's the strangest thing you've ever found on a course? And I tell you what, every single one was was maintenance. I don't think anyone mentioned someone shitting in the cup, though. Yeah. That's Lucky shocking. for them. That's dreadful. Shocking. What are the top three things that golfers do to annoy green staff? Multiple balls will drive you crazy because we're waiting for you. Mm-hmm. You hit one shot. Move on would would be fantastic, mm-hmm. and we're being we're being as respectful as we can. Mm-hmm. After the second shot, generally I'm done waiting. Yeah, you're going. Yeah, that's that's probably one of the top. Going out early is a huge issue on here on a public. Well, I've been in both sides, public and private sectors, and going off early, we have our morning setup dialed in to the point where we expect every minute. So if you're supposed to tee off at 7, you need to wait till 7. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Because, I mean, even someone who's 655, if that, that foursome catches us, let's say, let's say they were to catch us, you know, 8-9. We're about to make the turn. Mm-hmm. Maybe our, our, our way through the golf course means that we go from 9 to 11 to 10 because that's mm-hmm. shorter route. Yeah. We either can't do that. Or they catch us, and that five minutes can turn into 15, 20, 25, 30 minutes by the time we're done. Right. That's so, a great point. That's Yeah, that, that's one that'll drive a maintenance staff crazy, just because we are, so much of what we do depends on exactly that first tee time. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost every morning I, I'm down there finding out when that first tee time first is going to be. Was. Yeah. So if no one's going out until 7.30... That buys us an extra half hour. Uh-huh. Third thing about golfers, it, it generally the annoyance is going to be that we do a thankless job. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of recognition for what we're providing for their entertainment. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was actually what I was going to ask you a little bit earlier on. You know, what's, what's a mi- common misconception about golf maintenance staff? It, to me, it's you guys are just seen as Oh, they just cut grass, but there's a lot more to it, isn't there? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm, I would consider myself a weatherman, an electrician, um, a, a scientist to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, so much that goes into my job and really, you know, it's all those things that the rest of the crew doesn't really recognize if I'm doing my job. Mm they are just pointed in the right direction and I'm leading them and they don't have to worry about it. Give us a couple of things that golfers can do then that are different from things that annoy you, but things that golfers can actually do to make greenkeepers' lives easier. Wade for us is a good one to a certain extent. Obviously, they're, they're out here. They paid to be out here. But if we are finishing up a green, let's say we're on the green. We'll use that as an example. If we're trying to finish it up, we're trying to finish it up. If we weren't going to finish before you, we'll get out of your way. But if we're trying to finish, give us give us the two minutes, mm-hmm. and we'll be gone and out of your way. Instead of instead of waving us out of the out of the way, you know, wave us to finish. <laughs> Honestly, people are waving you out of the way. Oh, for sure. If we're, we'll see it, especially on a guy a guy who's mowing a fairway. He may be three hundred yards away. He's way out of the way yeah. of your average golfer, but not to the golfer that's standing on the tee. He is in the way. I thought for sure it would be do the basics, rake bunkers, repair pitch marks. Where are you in divots? Uh, divots divots would be higher on the list than the bunkers and the pitch marks even. Right. Um, pitch marks, I, it, the, the bunkers and the pitch marks are more for the people behind you than for us as a greens, a maintenance team. And when it comes to the ball marks on the greens, you're going to do it wrong half the time anyways. What is the way to do it? 
it's it's push don't don't pull don't twist it's tough to it's harder to explain I, I wish there were a lot more videos available on the correct way to do it because it's tough for me to explain even to you who's your job is on the golf course as well mm-hmm. um you know oh i see it all about it well I, I remember when we first met two years ago i did talk about video for the listeners that aren't already subscribed to the youtube channel please get on there because the next time I come up and do this with you, we'll actually go on the golf course. We'll do it actually on the course, take the buggy out, take the cart, drive around, and we'll have a bit of fun with it, take some videos, and you can actually show people how to properly repair. Because I've heard different things, you know, the push, the pull, the twist, maybe trying to get the grass to grow in the way. Yeah, whenever you pull or you twist what you're doing is, is pulling on roots. You're pulling essentially roots. pulling on your hair. Yeah. If you, if you pull, if you grab your hair and you pull and you twist on it, and your scalp doesn't like that, neither do the roots. Some people do, though. <laughs> the guy with the ball in his mouth. I'm sure he does. Somebody wrote in here, why don't all golf courses paint the inside lip of the cups white? That should be standard. For for what reason? I think Th- it does makes... That, it, does that make you a better putter? I th- I'll tell you what I think it does, is it actually grabs more putts because the cup itself at the top is more rigid because of the paint and it stops it from, you know, you'll see cups that are destroyed. Well, sure. So that's my only thought. It looks cleaner, but the the actual physicality of that with your 23 guys. It, it's, and I've done it. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've been, you know, we've, we've not here, but I, I've been at courses that we've done it daily. You end up hating it. You end up doing a yeah. shitty job. Hey, Picasso, you know, go and grab your brush. You're on paint duty today. At the end of the day, that cup's going to get destroyed anyways. Yeah. Whether it's painted or not painted, it actually looks worse when it's painted after about 10 groups go through. Are you guys still seeing a lot of spikes or is that because something of the gone. past? Gone. Uh, yeah. Gone. And has that improved your job? Has it made it easier? Or I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. The new, the new I mean, along with, so many things in golf, um, science and all those things have just made our jobs easier. The rubber spikes. And even when you get into the summertime in California, you don't even really need a spike. You get the, the kind of turf type shoe where there's a little bit of grip on the bottom. And the boot that I wear will often be worse than what a golfer has on their feet. How often are pin positions changed? Daily. Daily. Oh, Okay. Right now, with the limited amount of play that we're getting because of Mother Nature, um, we're able to skip a day here and there, which mm-hmm. is obviously good for a green. Anytime that you're not you know, pulling a plug out of a green and putting it somewhere else, that's, that's beneficial for the green. Somebody asks, does having a bad morning or previous night affect the pin placements? We'll, we'll hear it all the time where they go, oh, tell you what. Greenkeeper, he must have had a bad night last night. He didn't get any from the wife. Wow, look at these pin positions. Oftentimes it's, I, I don't think anyone in in my area is, you know, I you hear about it. The guy who, you know, had, had a rough night or really knows golf will go out and, and just be an asshole. At the end of the day, it's your shitty pin placements are often come down to your greenskeeper being a little bit lazy. And it's just the closest place to where it was. The closest place he can put it, um, or he's been trained to put it, is just happens to be behind a bunker or close to an edge or something like that. When we did it in Scotland, there was a board that was two feet by two feet. And it meant that it had to be flat, two feet, you know, circumference of, of the middle of the cup. And obviously lately with so much rain... We've seen some horrendous pin positions. But I would say even in dry conditions, like that, that's something that maybe it was only at Turnberry. But it was literally, you would stand on the board, and if it shook up at all, no, you got to move it. That's a, a great tool. It's just another thing to carry to the green, which is not always fun, but um, you got your hands full when you're, when you're changing cups, when you're going out there to change, change a pin location. Do you ever see videos online of people bringing like a motorbike and destroying greens or chopping up. You've you seen that. How does that make you feel? I feel bad for the maintenance team. Not going to lie, when I was a teenager, I was that guy. Really? I I have been a part of that game. 
and then working on a golf course, I it just makes you feel awful. Mm-hmm. That is an unbelievable amount of work. It's I mean, it, it's vandalism. It absolutely enrages me when I see it now. I, it's, it's, you know, because I, I actually think being a greenkeeper, superintendent, it's an art. It's actually an art form. You know, cutting grass, it's, you know, you're not just... Right. That's what I learned when I did it. I cannot believe, like, someone taking a dirt bike out on a, on a green and just ripping the back wheel and, and doing it the next night on a different green the next night. It must it, be soul-destroying. Yeah, it, it's it's awful. Ne- obviously, never want it to happen. Um, never want it to happen to anybody else. At the end of the day, it happens. It's it's You just sort of adjust, and you do what you can. It becomes part of your job so, sometimes is, is vandalism. Someone did ask as well. I, I, this seems almost a ridiculous question. Why don't golf courses move away from grass greens and instead install artificial greens? They don't receive the ball the same. Yeah, it's it takes away from the game. I'm not even a huge golfer, and I realize what the game is and how you know I, I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to the golf game. And it's it on top of that, it takes away a lot of what we do. What is the average kind of pace of the greens here, like stint? We try to keep them around 10. And do you go out like every week, every day type thing? To it, It'll vary from depending on what's going on. Generally have a pretty good feel for it without the stint meter. For us... Just by looking at it or rolling a ball? Rolling a ball. And there's different opinions on from superintendents. A lot will have a putter in their cart. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been that guy. I'll, I'll roll a ball. I love the new soccer ball style. Yeah. Yellow, I, yellow or white? Yeah. The, so the yellow and black allows I, you can see the imperfections on a green more than you can with just your standard white golf ball is there a common practice in current golf course maintenance that you believe is outdated or, or could be rethought the airification process would I, I would love to see that be different better i you know there's there's different different ways of doing it now that you've got the drill and fill and the you know the air 2g2 i think is what it's called there's different ways of doing the same thing. It's all disruptive. At this point, really has to happen to maintain golf courses for the majority of the year. And, you know, here in California, we're a 12-month-a-year 12 12 month golf course. So without airification, we're not a 12-month-a-year golf course. When it comes to bunkers, what's the best type of rake you can use? It, that'll vary from depending on what kind of sand you have. Okay. And what your conditions are. We'll use a different rake in the wintertime than we do in the summertime. We'll use a metal kind of spring rake, if you will, in the wintertime. Um, it does a better job when the bunkers are wetter. It creates a better, you know, just playing surface for the for the golfer. In summertime, we'll use a, a much smaller tooth, and a, it's a solid rake. I always thought the wooden rakes with the, sh- the small teeth were the best. It, and again, that, that'll, it's totally going to depend on where you are, mm-hmm. which golf course you're at. We use, yeah, the summertime... We use just a bigger version of the same rake the golfers use. You mentioned earlier on that you guys will start at either half past five or six o'clock, depending on the time of year. What would you say the average wake-up time for a greenkeeper is? And it's going to vary from guy to guy. I'm I'm an hour before I want to leave for work. Okay. So if I, right now, I want to leave for work around 5.30 to be so you're here. you half four. I, I, I'm, I'm also two miles away from work and, you know, it's, it's going to take me the same amount of time every day to get here. I used to be up about 15 minutes before my shift started because I live so close to the course. Yeah, and then you're certainly going to have those guys who their alarm goes off at 10 minutes before <laughs> they're supposed to start. And if if the light is doesn't turn when they're supposed to, then they're going to be late. Do you have a dog? I have three. Three dogs. What kind of dogs? I have a lab mix. I have a chihuahua mix. And I have a purebred Norwegian duck tuller. Okay, I'll pretend that I know what that is. Yeah, the most, that's what most say. I don't think you're a legitimate superintendent if you don't have a dog. And do you bring your dog to work? And if, if you do, which one? I've brought, the lab mix has been here. He's a runner, so he doesn't really get to, to enjoy the golf course because um, I don't want to chase him. Mm-hmm. The duck toller has been here to chase birds, but she's not very good at it. What is the point of no return for closing the course? I think what the guy means is, have you ever gone to the pro shop and said, you got to close the course? It's, 
There's just no way. For us here, I'll, I'll go back to my previous job, which was at a country club, a little easier to, to just be like, it sucks out there. You guys don't want to play. It's just not going to be a good experience for anyone. Here, I treat it as with the greens that we have, which are USGA spec greens, they stay firm. They stay firm enough to not do damage walking on them or mm-hmm. anything like that. So if you can get around the golf course, then I think we should be open. We do, you know, unlike a, probably a lot of other golf courses, we offer a three-hole kind of trial. So out here, the weather can be really bad even in August. Um, wind, fog, whatever it may be in, in the season that you want to go out, you know, and you get to play three holes. And if it's that bad and you want your money back, come back in. In the 20 years you've been doing the job, how much have you seen technology or advancements in how you do the job? There's a lot of things that I still like that I'm not using these days that other people are using. Um, drones is the big one these days that are really being used for a number of different things. What would you use that for? They're being used from anything from just aerial kind of pictures. I've heard of guys using them daily. Um, they're getting some infrared stuff from them. So they're able to pick out hot spots, wet spots, can get all that stuff from drones these days. I'm still kind of holding on to more old school stuff and I maintain a lot with what I see. We, we get soil results a couple times a year and we adjust accordingly with, you know, some key vendors and stuff like that. So much of, for myself, is feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you just sort of start to kind of realize what's too much, what needs to be, you know, and you're going to miss. You're going to miss with drones. There's no perfect science. I would encourage anyone that doesn't know Half Moon Bay to check it out online. There are two courses, the old course and the ocean course. The ocean course is one of my favourites I've ever played. Absolutely love it. It reminds me of back home. Somebody asked the question, what's your favourite hole to maintain on the ocean course and what makes it special? Probably 16. It starts at the top of the bluff top. Um, It's a pretty simple hole surrounded by native areas on one side and really the ocean on the other side. The downhill kind of nature of the hole it, it just looks different. I love a downhill hole mm-hmm. um, aesthetically. It's just very pleasing to to me. And on top of that, I can see a bulk of the golf course from 16T. And then the green sits um, just on the other side of a branca all by itself. Just a great hole. That's a tremendous, yes. If you haven't, check it out. Ocean Course, Half Moon Bay. Final question. What would be your dream job? I know you're very happy here, but what would be your dream job if you could go anywhere in the world and do any job on a golf course? I think I would want to go back to more of kind of the roots of golf. Scotland, Ireland, those, right. those, and see what's different and how they treat the game different and not even necessarily what's different in maintenance. At the end of the day, we're cutting grass, we're feeding grass, we're watering grass. That's just kind of what we do. But to see how the game is different and how you're setting the golf course up differently and, and, you know, going back that far with that much history of golf. I think that's not necessarily a specific course. Um, and unlike a lot of, you know, maybe I wouldn't even say a lot of other super events, my desire to have a PGA event is very little. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Too much disruption. You lose your golf course. It's no, you know, for, for that week or those three weeks that, is coming leading up to that tournament you you lose your golf course well your dream might turn into a nightmare if you go to scotland for two or ireland for two weeks and experience summer in piss and rain so you know i'm a, I'm a northwest guy okay. i've seen i've seen it <laughs> ah, in northwest and coastal true. california back on that question one more are you aware of any greenskeeper organizations associations where they have reciprocal agreements where greenskeeper can go you know cross country or to a different country the GCSAA, which is Superintendent Association, will get you so far. Be nice and call your superintendent mm-hmm. um, and ask him. And, you know, be okay if he says, no, I can't help you out. Or be okay with he's like, yeah, uh, you know, I can get you out, but you need to take a caddy, pay a caddy. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case may be, um, we're tight-knit community. Um, if, a, you know, I hate to broadcast this across, but if a superintendent calls me and says, hey, can you get me out? I'll do everything I can. Yeah. You know, I might not be able to do it for free, yeah. um, but 
help her brother out. For sure. And if there's anyone out there that wants to become or is interested in becoming a greenskeeper, what would your advice be? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I set myself up for that. <laughs> no, it's it's you you sort of have to be prepared. It's not it's definitely turning into I can I can feel the shift turning into more of a regular full-time job. It's it's something I strive for for, you know, not just myself but my staff as well, that this is a regular job. I realize that you it's, a, know, it's a real job. It's a real job, but it's, you know, when I was coming up through kind of the ranks, if you will, where I was cutting my teeth, like summer vacations were just not really an option. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be that way. So yeah, I mean, you, you can feel the shift coming where, you know, it's more of a 40 hour week than it is a 50 or 60 hour week. I know those jobs are still out there and there's a lot of them that are still 50, 60 plus hour weeks. And it may or may not have to be that way. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Um, not to say that I still won't put in, you know, the 50, 60 plus hour weeks. They're still here and there, but it's it's a lot closer to 40 than it once was. Okay, Nick, we're out of time. I want to thank you very much for that. I'm sure the listeners will have found that fascinating. As I said before, I'll be back up and we can do something actually on the golf course. I like it. Excellent. I hope you enjoyed yourself as well. I did. Thank Share you. Share that information. All the listeners out there, many thanks for, for your time. Get out there, rate, review, share the podcast, check us out on all of the socials. And if you're new to the podcast, go back and listen to the previous 126 episodes. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with Zabo, with some more fun from, from the golf course. But until then, get out there, enjoy your golf. But more importantly, respect and thank your greenskeepers. keepers.